0: Next, we are joined by Michael Fierstein of DFS Accounting Services, LLC. You might know them better as dfsaccounting.com. Mike, thanks for joining us. I know this time of year we get a million questions and I'm sure you get a million questions. I get messages all the time on Discord over there on Rotor Grinders. And um, thanks for taking the time out and, you know, just kind of going over some overview and what people need to be looking for and stuff like that.
1: No, thanks again, Stevie. It's great to be on here, and yeah, definitely, it's the time, it's the tax time, and uh, we're filling a lot of questions regarding DFS uh, sports betting. How does that affect your taxes? The tax consequences and everything. So I'm glad to to be here to talk about that.
0: Before we get into just you know, you know, talking DFS accounting and stuff like that, uh, just kind of give me a general background on. I mean, you could talk about yourself or the company, just in general. You guys have been around for a while in the industry now, um, you know, just kind of give everyone a, a, a FAQ on yeah. DFS accounting services.
1: No, no, definitely, definitely. Really, I mean, we're just like you guys. We have been for accountants and by trade, but uh, about a uh, half a decade ago, uh, we started uh, playing DFS ourselves, right? I was a big season-long fantasy football, so I gradually went into DFS. Um, sports betting on the side too and at that time it was the bookies but what really happened is that we, we, we came across this community and um, people were really getting some life-changing um, payouts and wins and the tax ramifications became very serious so what we've done is uh, me and my business partner said hey we need to get into the nitty-gritty and figure out what the tax situation are and ramifications to these individuals and that's kind of how we come about and became a DFS account. Really, we're just here to help the community, help people like ourselves at are sports betting or DFS and just educate people and also save some uh, money on their taxes as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, this time of the year, and if you look back at the last 10 years in general for DFS and everything, it's blown up and it's gotten to the point where, you know, I've been around for a long time now. Um, 2009 i think is when my FanDuel account was started so i'm one of the like og ogs and yeah. we're we went from playing for like 50 to 100 dollar prize pools to you know millimakers makers almost every single week um you right. know so obviously life-changing money like you win a million dollars no one in their right mind is gonna say hey that didn't like change my life some way like even if you're a millionaire yeah. if you win a million dollars it's still gonna change your life so um Mike, I think the biggest question that I get, the biggest question that you probably get in general as well is hey, I won money. I got a 1099 from DraftKings or FanDuel. What do I do? Um, so just kind of you know, give me an idea and tell the people what what happens after that.
1: Right, right, exactly. And for anyone who that happened to congratulations, that's amazing. But really, what I always say in preach is to be proactive. With your tax situation. Okay. So one thing you have to realize is that Uncle Sam's going to get their piece of the pie. And if you get a million dollars, you have to realize that a large portion of that, and sometimes we do estimates around 40 or 45%, depending on how, the, how large the payout is, is going to go to the government. So the one thing we tell people, especially if it's at the beginning of the year, right? Because you have to then wait a whole year to file your taxes and pay taxes on that. So if you hit something early now, put it aside put it in the savings account and even better make an estimated for the tax payment that's going to be due in October 15th. That way you pay your, you pay your taxes and everything that's remaining is free really clear and you can use it on how whatever you want to spend.
0: Yeah I mean being proactive I think is the best advice you can give anybody when it comes to winning winning in general like hey congrats you did great you know you you, you had everything kind of go right for your lineup that week that day uh but now make sure like you're not putting yourself into a bind and you know we see people you know oh well i lost money you know throughout the year and maybe but like if you're proactive then you're going to be ahead at the end of the year no matter what anyway right mike
1: right exactly so it's it's a great that's a great comment that you you had had mentioned right so people that have a more that do a lot more activity. And so maybe you hit it big at the beginning of the year, but you're still continuously paying. The way FanDuel and and DraftKings, the way that they operate is that it's continuous one annual session for DFS. So yeah, you could have um, hit a millionaire and uh, got a million dollars, but then continuously paying, maybe you paid some big stakes and lost 200K um, during the year your net result is what's going to happen on your 1099 cents, so which you're going to get, say, for instance, in 2023 for the 2022 tax. But even with such a big hit, it'll take a large amount of loss to offset that. We still say, hey, listen, even if you, you, know, you know that you might have some losing days and losing months, still put some money aside, um, and that way you'll recover your taxes, your tax library.
0: Yeah, well put it aside and you know, even if you have a a couple rough months and at the end of the year, you're you're still gonna be ahead and you're not gonna owe Uncle Sam more than you had initially thought. So there you go. Um well Mike, like just kind of you know, thinking about the process of how this all works and you know talk to me more about like sessions and what they are and how they pertain to reporting gambling winnings.
1: Quite exactly. So getting into the gaming side and also DFS too, like I said, DFS, the way the operators and the phone operates, um, it's an annual session. So the concept of session is derived from um, the IRS code and way back when they uh, the code was written that individuals who wanted the sports that would actually go to the conceder of the books and sit there for four or five hours or what have you, and actually have a physical session there. And that's kind of where the concept comes in. And within that session, the IRS allows you to net your wins and your losses, your winning tickets and your loss tickets, right? When you net them together, whatever that result is, whether it's a gross gross win or a gross loss, that's where you would, I guess, bank a report on your tax return. So sessions, you know, fast forward today and now people are betting on their phones, and there are people that you know, handicappers that we call volume betters and even arbitrage betters that are continuously, constantly betting, you know, throughout the whole day. And so the question is, when does the session end, or when does the session begin? And so that's one thing that we like to talk to um, our clients and anyone who gives a call is that we got to focus in first on um, the type of session you want, right? A lot of people like to gravitate to being an annual session that, hey, whatever happens during the year, my net result, that's what I'm gonna put on the tax. Um, and that's fine and dandy, but then another step that we like to discuss with them is saying, hey, here are kind of the aggressive stance, right? In our opinion, we have to, you know, as accountants, we have to tend to be on the conservative side of things. So we like to tell, you know, people the the different aggressive things so you have your annual you have your monthly you have your daily uh sessions that you like to create.
0: yeah and i mean like this is going to be different for every single person and that's why you have to you know take it case by case too right because like at the end of the day you know there's ways you can reduce your income um you know maximize your sessions and stuff like that correct Mm -hmm.
1: Right, exactly. Each person has their own unique tax situation. So it's really hard to give blanket advice you know, on a podcast or in, a, in an article, or what have you, because it the the rules and the individual's risk exposure and other income that they've they've earned completely changes the game. And then another thing I wanted to touch base on why are we why are we you know focusing on sessions? So the IRS allows you to to report your losses, and but you report your losses up to your wins, and the way you physically do that, we're going to get into the you know, tax return. So you look at the tax return. The gambling winnings are located on line twenty-one, other income, and that's where you put your gross wins. Okay. So say, for instance, you won a million dollars in one session, right? One session you grossed a dollars, but then the next session you actually lost, took a big hit. Of, uh, of eight hundred thousand dollars, because there are two distinct sessions, you have to separate those numbers. You can't you can't net them. So on your tax return, you are going to report one million dollars in gambling winnings, and you're going to report eight hundred thousand dollars in gambling losses. And the gambling losses you report on your Schedule A. All right, now. On the surface, that looks all fine and nanny. Hey, you know what? The net result is going to be a $200,000 uh, uh, net net fall, net, net income, taxable income. But there's also other factors that you have to consider. One of them are states. Some of the states do not allow itemized deductions. For example, a state that I live in, Illinois. So if some individual reports, taxpayer reports $1 million on the federal income tax, they will lose out on that $800,000 loss because it's an itemized loss. So then on their state tax return, they're gonna show a million dollars in taxable income, when really they only made 200,000. That's why Sessions is important because it allows you to net the million dollars and the eight hundred thousand dollars lost together, and then you report two hundred thousand dollars on your federal tax return. So that is an example that makes sense.
0: No, I mean it makes sense to me for sure, and I'm hoping that you know anyone listening it makes sense to them as well. And I think you know what you're what you're trying to say at the end of the day is don't try to do this stuff by yourself, and, and like get help. You know, especially if it's, like, your first year. We get, we get new players all the time, have a good season, and I think that's fantastic. There's people that catch on to DFS and gambling and betting and, and stuff so fast, and they have good years. I, I mean, take the time, do your research, and find, you know, like you guys, where I, you offer free um, consolation, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: part of the game is really just getting out there, allowing you know individuals, people to give us a call, email um you know you can contact us at info at dfsaccom.com and it's free and uh you yeah, know we, we field calls all the time and trying to answer questions and you know some people are just trying to pick our brain to, to, to finish their tax return which is fine i mean some people you know they they oh, i have been doing my tax return for a while i just need some you know need some answers and they realize holy cow my tax situation is a lot more complicated than I thought so really all we ask people to do is be proactive. Uh, feel free to reach, reach out to us. Um, we're just here.
0: Now. No, I mean reach out for sure. Like get someone that you know knows what they're doing, especially with this stuff. And before before we get out of here, a couple more questions for you. That you know, again, like I get asked this stuff all the time. I see people yeah. posting all the time about this stuff. I think another one of the biggest questions that we've seen over the last 10 years is is DFS considered gan- gambling income or regular income by the IRS and I think that's just something if you could touch on cuz I mean I'm sure you get it asked a ton I see yeah. it uh, it's probably one of the most asked questions.
1: No, definitely, definitely. It really is and again the IRS doesn't make it easier for all of us in it's in the gray areas. So one of the things that actually had occurred at the end of 2020, um, and before September 2020, right, the main thought and the main focus that we've been preaching other cash practitioners is that DFS is regular, you know, it's, it's a game of, of skill and luck, which allows it to be not gambling, not game. And then we, and the reason why that's important, because if you are a professional, you do this full-time business. If you if it's gambling, wagering transactions, even if you're a uh, professional uh, sports better or gambler, you can only deduct your losses in your deductions up to your winnings at zero amount. Whereas, if you were DFS full time, we would get more aggressive and report your losses. Okay, so this is pre 2020, and what had occurred was um, a private letter was paired by the IRS, and private level is basically, like I said, it's a ruling to document a tax prepared, mainly a county firm, have reached out to the IRS and asked them, what, what is your position? They you literally asked, is DFS gambling or not? Obviously more formal, of that? And what this ruling says is that, you know, upon reviewing the, the information, that they do believe that daily fantasy sports contest constitutes an amount paid for a wagering, transaction. So they're saying that DFS is gambling. Now here's the thing, and this is where it gets more confusing, is that ideally, it's just a statement based on one-tax situation with a tax payer. It's not IRS code. It's not law. It is just merely an interpretation of what they believe DFS is. And if you actually read it, um, and uh, it, it, I definitely don't agree with their stance. On why they think so. But again, as accountants and being on conservative aspect, when we when we advise and talk to people, we say that yes, DFS is considered annual income because of this private revenue. But then we go but because there's always a but, right?
0: Always. This is why.
1: Yeah, there's always a but and it's always gray And then we go through the ramifications, we go, why, you know, if you want to go the opposite route, you can do that. It is a little bit more aggressive per se, but there are ways that you can defend yourself in regards to an IRS audit. Now, IRS audits are still very, very rare, right? And we're talking about 1%, 2%, 3% of the population in category. But it's just an example of how we approach each client. We give them this dissertation, because unfortunately it's not a yes or no question on this podcast and to that, that question and answer is the IRS views DFS as the
0: wage All right. Um, a few other things. I mean, gambling and DFS tax forms, you know, how are they generated? What are they? We see all kinds of different ones, especially if you live now in states that have legal, um, you know, betting. So, talk to me. I know there's what a WTG gambling, a 1099 miscellaneous that we see a lot on the DFS side, and then you have another one, it's like a 1099 K. Um, so, oh, yeah, talk to me about these three forms. I think those are the three. Um, just kind of run me down these. Oh, no, definitely,
1: definitely. It's important to understand, you know, how they get generated, what event. So so 1099 miscellaneous, that's the easy one to go through. And Fandle and Dracula are still going to be sending out the DFS activity on 1099s. They have their own battle with the IRS, in which they're still trying to say that um, DFS is not a wage and There's a whole set of taxes that they would have to pay. And um, unfortunately, we have our own set that we have to go by. That's what you asked me. So you're going to get a 1099 miscellaneous. It's an annual session, okay? And, uh, and the IRS is going to get that document. So you're going to have to report that number on your cash for DLS, okay? Then I'm going to jump over the 1099-K. This is the problem child when it comes to the tax documents. And you get this if you use um, third-party apps like PayPal. PayPal is a big one, in which you fund your accounts and also distribute out and transfer. And so what happens is you see a lot of duplication when it comes to DFS and gambling. And if you take money out of your account by PayPal, PayPal is gonna look at that as income, all right? And FanDuel and DraftKings, they're also gonna look at all your activity during the year within your account as income too. So there are times where you get a 1099 means and a 1099-K effectively uh, duplicating your income. That's a huge problem. And I highly suggest for everyone out there, do not use PayPal. PayPal will, will send you this 1099-K. And it's incomplete information. only talks about the stuff that gets deposited or transferred into your account. It doesn't talk about the losses. It doesn't show anything. So please get off of PayPal if you can't. And then the W2G, the W2G is a special form because it, it only reports um, winnings and bets and wagers you know, that happen in a specific point in time. And it has a long litany of, of, of uh, events and things that happen uh, in order to get it. The one thing is it's above $600 and it's a 301 odd in order to get a W2G. A lot of times those bets aren't happening unless you have this huge, massive parlay or a huge, heavy underdog. Then a W2G will be generated. Other ways that this form is going to be generated is if they're large hits, large bets. So if you make a big bet, end um, there's federal taxes with help. Right? I think you're doing $4,000, $5,000 on one wage, and then you can't. And they, they reach out to me saying, hey, we're going to withhold whole federal tax, then a W2G is going to be um, referred, referred to the Now, the last thing about the W2G is this. It's only half the battles and half the side of the transaction. When it shows your wins, it doesn't show your losses. And so this is something to consider because now you, you know, are getting up kind of recessions, right? Recessions or netting if you net result is a $200,000 uh, in the session, right? To this example we talked about earlier, and also when you get a W2G of $300,000, well, you can't report 200K because the IRS has a form that says, hey, you won $300,000. So then now you have to pivot and report your, your gambling portal. So um, those are the three documents. It is still, you know we're gonna see how FanDuel and DraftKings are gonna send out the W two G. Right? It's so new and sports betting just blew off these last couple of years. So we're we're seeing mixed reports on, on people getting W two Gs and why they're getting them. Um, all I can say is that if you do get a W two G, report it on your tax return. Uh, and, and likewise, your ten ninety one.
0: Always report them on your tax. Return. <laughs> don't, mm-hmm. don't don't make that so mistake. Decide. <laughs> you'd be surprised who, when
1: people don't and you're like well that's why you got tax
0: yeah doesn't you don't want those so uh mike before we get out of here we're seeing a lot of um people in like the dfs betting industry especially on like twitter and stuff really start getting into like crypto and nfts and i i mean this has to be something that uh, is kind of newer to you as well but um I mean, this is something that you guys are also kind of taking care of, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, it, it's it's funny. We we take a look at kind of what, what is interesting to us in our personal life and then try and figure out what are the tax associates. So, you know, I've invested in the crypto. Um, I got a couple of NFTs and also um, people that are in mining, small mining operations. So it's definitely something that we're, we're familiar with um, and that we could help people out. Uh, I know that in the NFT world, you know, there are individuals now being more active on dealing, and buying, and selling. So there are ways that you can um, create a business and become a dealer and an NFT dealer, which will then maximize your deductions and then allow you to write off losses you know, your, if, if you had an NFT that did not perform well. Um, so this is definitely something that could help uh, individuals. Yes, yeah,
0: so, I mean if you're in the if you're in the betting DFS space and. You're in the crypto NFT you know area as well. You know the guys over at dfsaccounting.com, Mike and you know his team and everyone is. They're going to be able to help you. So instead of trying to figure all this stuff out, hit them up. Uh, they've been around for a while. They are very active in the industry. And you know at the end of the day. We want people that are active in the industry, taking care of industry stuff. So Mike, it's it's been a pleasure. Thanks for hopping on and answering all these questions. And um, you have any final thoughts before I let you go? Well, Stevie, thanks for you know
1: having me on. And really, guys and girls out there, just be proactive. Um, reach out, we're a resource. Uh, we don't you know, we have a free consultation we're more than happy to answer any questions, whether you come on board as a client or not. You know, we understand that taxes get people stressed out and either you know, if you get a tax notice, it really freaks people out and we're just here to alleviate that stress. and that way you can just enjoy your life, and enjoy the, the, the proceeds and, and spend on some fun stuff.
0: All right, that's going to wrap it up. DFSAccounting.com. Michael Fierstein, thanks for joining us. And um, maybe we'll talk to you again next year. Have a good one,
1: man. All right, take care.